With your permission, Lord, this evening we continue our meditations on the way of the cross and considering our, our walking. It's not just stations where we stop and we pray and we pray our devotions, and those are very good and helpful for our life of piety. But as we consider the different stops along the way of the cross, it becomes an entire way of life for us. It becomes the, the whole way of the cross informs how we live the Christian life, how we live in union with you, Lord, the virtues of each day, and particularly in this holy time, the way of the cross, the Via Crucis, informs our living of, of Lent and our entering into the Lenten penances and practices, prayer, fasting, um, and almsgiving. And so tonight, as we consider the third and fourth stops along the way of the cross, in this time of prayer with our Lord, we, the prayer of our heart should be that we're always walking along this Via Crucis with him, then all things our Lord is teaching us, little at a time, just teaching us the way of carrying our own crosses, the way of living fidelity to him in the midst of, of every, every day, every detail of our lives, that we learn this fidelity to our Lord and we learn to walk with him along the way. The third stop along the way of the cross is that Jesus falls the first time. And something St. Jose Maria points out in his meditations on the way of the cross is about the crowd. If you think, as we consider our Lord walking along this way, there, there's a crowd there that's following along. It's public executions where they were a spectacle that people paid attention to. And so this crowd has gathered now. And as we said last week, it's the same crowd that, that cried out Hosanna to the son of David. But St. Jose Maria takes a step further. He says, To the right and left, our Lord sees the multitude moving around like sheep without a shepherd. And he could call them one by one by their names, by our names. There they are, those who are fed at the multiplication of the loaves and the fishes, those who are cured of their ailments, those he taught by the lakeside and on the mountain and in the porticos of the temple. As we consider the crowd, these are, these are not. Now maybe sometimes when we consider the gospel, we can think of just, they're like extras, right? They're, they're faceless extras and uh, they don't really matter. But for our Lord, everyone matters. There's no extras for our Lord. Everyone is top build cast, very important. And so the crowd, these are people that he knew. Uh, he knew from his divine knowledge. He knew each and every one of them personally. Our Lord knew each and every one of their sins for which he's atoning along this way of the cross and which, for which his death would atone um, just a few short hours. He knows them by name. And these are, many of them probably ate the bread, the multiplication of loaves and fish, right? Four or 5,000 men that were fed, plus all the women and children. Like, how many of them are there in that crowd? And they, they heard the teachings and the parables, and they, they ate the bread and the different miracles, and maybe even some of them were those who had been healed by him. And now they turn into the angry mob. 
or just spectators, right? They, uh, they're either the angry mob or they're just looking. It's okay, well, this was a nice thing while it lasted, but probably during the miracles, they were spectators then, and now they're spectators along the way to Calvary. How much can that be true for us, for our own lives, that the good things that God does, if we just stay at the level of being a spectator, if we're just watching it with our faith, if we're sitting in our pews at Mass on Sunday and we're just spectators, well, then we're going to be spectators of the good stuff, and when it comes time to stand up for our Lord, he'll again find himself alone, because don't ask me, I'm an extra. I'm a spectator. And so we need to resolve then, looking at this crowd and reflecting upon the crowd as we get to our Lord's first fall, to not just be spectators on the sidelines, in the seats, nameless extra number 32. Like, no, it's me personally. I'm a son or daughter of God. I'm called to live a life of tremendous holiness. I'm going to be in the game. I'm going to be there, top build. That third stop is that our Lord, our Lord falls. Um, the weight of sin is as well something to, to consider, the, the weight of our sins and what they, um, what they do to our Lord. The cross is heavy not just because uh, it's a big piece of wood, but as our Lord is carrying it, he's carrying the weight of our sins He's going to die for our sins. The cross is not just the wood, but it's signifying there the, the weight of our sins. And, you know, maybe for us in this Lenten season, we're feeling the weight of our personal sins. We believe that our sins, even though our sins are totally wiped away when we're baptized, our original sin, and if we're baptized in adult, any personal sin, um, but then at every confession as well, our sins are forgiven, washed away, fresh start. The weight of the acquired vices from our sins may be weighing us down this Lenten season. That maybe we're seeing in this Lent all that kind of built up um, sin and, and effect of sin. And we're feeling that. We're feeling the weight of, of those sins. And in Lent, as we're walking the way of the cross with our Lord, and even in our entire lives of discipleship, when that weight of past sins gets to be a little too heavy, we need to turn to our Lord for strength. And if we fall down under the weight of that past sins, if that acquired vice seems to be too much and proves to be too much for our newfound fledgling virtues, maybe after doing okay just a little time, Boom, we fall right back into old habits. Well, our Lord fell along the way, not to sin, but he fell physically, and he gets back up. And when we stumble and fall through that weight of past sins, the weight of sin in our lives, we need to do, get back up with our Lord. Jesus doesn't stay down, he doesn't stay on the ground. He, he gets back up. Similarly, Maybe in just this Lenten season, we've experienced failure. Maybe, I said to people, people ask me all the time about Lenten penances, and I've been telling people just this last week, I've said it in a few homilies, so maybe you've already heard it, that 
if you don't fail from time to time in your Lenten penances, then you didn't pick a hard enough penance, right? If it's a piece of cake, you know, I gave up this and it's been, it's not even hard. It's not even difficult. Well, that's not, that's not it, right? Rather, we should be picking penances at which it's going to be hard and difficult and we're going to fail. Maybe we're not going to have 100% Lent, right? It's no good to, to set it all very easy and then to, to get 100%, right? That was like me saying I want to, um, I want to go lift weights, so I'm, but I'm not going to put any weight on the bar so I can do all the reps I want, right? That's not, no, you know if you're, if you're into bodybuilding or weightlifting of any kind or just exercise and good health, you know that it's the resistance, it's the weight that you need if you're going to build the muscles. And an empty bar, even though it weighs a little something, that's not going to, it's not going to do it. No resistance. It's not going to do it. That we need to pick penances during Lent that are going to be difficult, that are at times going to cause us to, to stumble and to fall and to fail. We should fail in our Lenten penances. Not intentionally, never intentionally. But we should fail through having picked uh, a suitable penance that's going to challenge us in the right ways, that's going to work the right internal spiritual muscles, that's going to really cut away at those effects of acquired vice, past sins. We need to pick the right Lenten penances that are going to really cause us to, to grow. And in that, we're going to fail at times. Not going to be perfect right now, but that's okay. We've got to get up, not beat ourselves up. We should never beat ourselves up for failing. Rather, get back up, get back in the game. Our Lord doesn't stay down. He gets right back up. Um, with difficulty and pain, our Lord is at this point exhausted. Um, it's only going to get worse. But he gets up for us. And that, I think, is one of the keys to continuing to overcome any kind of acquired sin and difficulties and particularly in this Lenten season going through this period of prayer fasting and almsgiving more intensely is it all has to be motivated by love by love for for our Lord we Jesus is doing this for us and so we should do it for him I, I gave up chocolate I didn't give up chocolate but if I gave up chocolate I gave up chocolate why well it's gonna it's gonna help the waistline a little bit and that's really in if you really want to know my motivation, it's probably to lose weight. Uh, no, that's not Lent. That's dieting. We should do that anyway. Um, maybe. But that's not what Lent is for. Why am I giving stuff up for Lent? For our Lord. For you, Lord. I give up the things that distract me from you. I give up the things that are going to help cut away those parts of my life that take me away from you, Lord. That's what our Lenten struggle is about. And it should be precisely a struggle. It should be, there should be difficulty. The difficulty is okay. It's when we're not struggling anymore um, that oftentimes we find ourselves in dire straits. We find ourselves growing lukewarm, uh, tepidity. Um, Sanders and Mary writes, as long as there is struggle, ascetical struggle, there is interior life. That is what our Lord is asking of us. The will to want to love him with deeds in the little things of every day. If you have conquered in little things, 
you will conquer in big ones. And so we need to resolve early now in Lent to not give up the struggle and to not try to make things easy so that there is no struggle. Rather, no, I want to, this Lent, I want to, I want to struggle. I want to sweat with the Lord, right? I want, to, I want to work with him. Our Lord falls. We're going to fall too along the way. Along the path of the Christian life, there's going to be falls again and again and again. But with our Lord, who gets back up each time, every single time we fall, we resolve as well to get up to, with renewed effort to continue along the path. Do not allow the falls to divert us from this walking the way of the cross. The fourth stop along the way, then, as each of these knights were considering two particular stops along the way of the cross, the fourth stop is that our Lord meets his mother, his afflicted mother, uh, in some titles. That as he's walking the way of the cross, Jesus meets Mary, his mother. And, you know, it means that Mary is there. She's in the midst of the crowd. And just to think how, how heartbreaking that, that is for her. Our Lady of Sorrows is a title given to our mother. Simeon prophesied that a sword would pierce her soul. And how much is this happening? It's happening in this, in this moment. She's going to be there with our Lord all the way to the bitter end. But Mary there is in the midst of this crowd. And as I said, that the crowd were many spectators. Mary's not a spectator, right? No, she's there. And there's something special that's happening between her and our Lord on this stop along the way. Gaze of son and mother meet each other. Their, eye, their eyes meet. She's there with our Lord. She's suffering with him. But I don't know. For me, it just seems so uh, wrong that Our Lady's part of this crowd. As you consider, like, here, here's this crowd, which is either just passively watching Jesus, God himself, be put to death, or is kind of riling it on. And there's the Immaculate Mother of God. Perfect. Also, completely sinless. You know, she, she is a model of purity. Mother most pure, she's called in the Litany of Loretto. Mother most pure. There she is. And she's in the midst of this, of this crowd, which is putting their God to death. And you think, how could this be? How, how could this be that Our Lady is there? Um, this is the wrong environment for her to be in. But this is, I think, the path of, of every Christian along the, the Via Crucis, along the path of discipleship, that we're not meant to be in these safe little spaces, right? Just leave me in my quarantine zone so your sin doesn't affect me, mine doesn't affect you, and we're all just going to be nice and safe. That's not how it works. We're supposed to be out in the midst of the world. So we're supposed to be out in our active apostolate. But then within that, we um, carry our environment within ourselves. Right? We, we carry our environment within us that as we live the life of discipleship, our environment is it's within us. That it doesn't, the, the outward of circumstances of where we are and 
what company we happen to find ourselves in and what's going on. It shouldn't affect our interior union with God. In his little book, The Way, St. Jose Maria writes, this is point 376, Environment is such an influence, you've told me. And I have had to answer no doubt. That's why you have to be formed in such a way that you can carry your own environment about with you in a natural manner. And so give your own tone to the society in which you live. And then when you've acquired the spirit, I'm sure you'll tell me with all the amazement of the early disciples as they contemplated the first fruits of the miracles performed by their hands in Christ's name, how great is our influence on our environment. We carry our environment around with us, inside us, that union with the Lord. And then we're able to have an influence on those around us, on the environment that around us. We bring a certain gaudium cum pace, peace with joy, um, as we carry our love for God about within us, as Our Lady did in the midst of this crowd along the Via Crucis. And Mary... Her eyes are, are fixed on our Lord. She, she's watching him along the way. She, she's, um, so that when he looks up, she's there, she's ready. She's not going to miss him. Right? She's not going to be distracted by whatever else. Is. She's watching our Lord. Her eyes are fixed on him. Her heart, even more importantly, is fixed on him. And so that they're able to meet on the way. And again, Mary here has to be a model for our discipleship. That our eyes, and more importantly our hearts, are fixed on the Lord. We're always ready, Lord. We're always attentive. We're regularly paying attention to him. We're regularly ready for our Lord to meet our gaze. There should be never a moment, ever, where we're not ready to encounter our Lord in some way, where we're not always, it's classically called keeping the presence of God, where we're always ready to be in conversation with God. We're always ready in each and every moment to just be there with him. There was a priest when I was in seminary who came and, you know, people say a lot of things in seminary. You don't remember most of it. But I do remember this. This priest came, and, and he was giving a day of recollection. And he said, a Catholic priest at any moment, at a moment's notice, should be ready to always do three things. To preach, to pray, and to die. I think for all of us, living out the grace of our baptism, uh, that, that should actually be all of us. At any moment, at all. By our baptismal priesthood. The ministerial priest does it in a different way. But by our own baptismal priesthood. We need to be ready to share about our Lord Jesus. To preach in the midst of the world. In the midst of our workplace. In the midst of our families. At a moment's notice. No preparation. Hey, tell me a little bit more about the Catholic faith. Wait, hold on. I'm going to go read a few books. I'll get back to you in a week. No, none of that. At a moment's notice. No preparation at all. It's our time. Right now. Preach the gospel. To pray, like with Our Lady here, always ready to talk to our Lord, having our eyes interiorly always fixed on him. So at a moment's notice, he's there, boom, we're talking to him. 
There's no need for let me go find where I got to be and let me get my thoughts collected and let me get undistracted and let me just send off this one more email. No, no, no. Boom, I can pray right now. Moment's notice. No practice, no preparation at all. Here I am, Lord. I'm ready to talk always, 100% of the time. And to die. That at any moment, we're prepared to give our lives for our Lord. We're, no matter what may come up, <laughs> no, hold on, you know, I'm going to run to, I've been putting off going to confession, so just hold that death thing for a couple hours. They're having confessions next week at some time, right? Maybe next Monday with these confession Mondays going on. No, right now, I'm always in a relationship. If there's been anything that broke that relationship, I go to confession. Go to confession at the very first opportunity. So I'm ready right now. If my Lord were to demand my life today before even finishing this meditation, right now, Lord, to preach, to pray, and to die. Along the Via Crucis, Our Lady was ready. That's what made it possible. She was there. She was ready. She was waiting for Our Lord. And so when they encountered one another along that path, she was able to pour out all the love of her heart onto him, and he was able to return that love for love. Finally, Our, Our Lady, this whole, her role along the Via Crucis is just a continuation of, of her role at the Annunciation. As we contemplate the mysteries of the Rosary, that first joyful mystery, kind of beginning of this whole saga, is when the angel Gabriel comes to Our Lady, Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. And Mary says, Fiat mihi secundum verbum tuum. May it be done to me according to your word. And that fiat, let it be done, may it be done, is just continuing. It's, it's, if you will, kind of ringing out now through the whole rest of the gospel. Mary's role in the gospel is just a continuation. That fiat, let it be done. And even here along this meeting at the cross, fiat. Mary doesn't want this. Absolutely not. But that she's let this be done. She's going to be there with our Lord. Fiat. As we walk the path of the cross, that is a prayer that we should make many times a day, always in union with Our Lady. Fiat. Let it be done. I don't want this. I don't want that. Okay. Fiat. Stop complaining. I do my fair share of complaining. Um, But instead of that, fiat. Let it be done. Or let this be done in my life. Okay, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. This is a cross. It's heavy to bear. I don't want to be part of this anymore. Okay, fiat. Though, let it be done. I don't know why you want me to spread the gospel in this situation or that situation. I don't know why you want me to stay in a good relationship with this difficult person or that difficult person. Okay, fiat. The Lord, let it be done. Whatever your will is, God, I want to... I want to be the instrument of your will. I want to be with you every step of the way. If we, if we want to tap out, we want to get out of the game, that's, I mean, then we're, we're, off, we're off the way. Then we're, we're on the bench. It's, but our Lord wants us in the game. He wants us there along the path to holiness, being great saints. He wants us as part of the mission. And so we need to say again and again and again with Our Lady that fiat, let it be done to me, 
however it looks for me to walk along this way of the cross. As we pray the devotion, the Stations of the Cross, we sing the, the hymn, the Stabat Mater. Mary is standing by the cross of the Lord as she, and it's just contemplating Our Lady standing there by our Lord's cross. And so as we continue to walk this Via Crucis, as we contemplate what it means to fall under the weight of sin and to get back up and then to be there in imitation of Our Lady, carrying our environment with us and always ready to encounter our Lord in each every minute, um, we ask Our Lady to continue to help us along the way, to be these faithful disciples of of her Son, to help us walk every day of our lives the way of the cross, so that through the cross of our Lord, sharing in his suffering and death, we may one day share with him forever in his glory.